Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Hallie Avolio, who is a mindset ninja, the creator of the company Sassy Healthy Fit, produces and hosts the incredible podcast, The Sassy AF Audio Experience, is a mom and an incredible human. Her mission is to help empower women to nurture their mind, body, and spirit. We have so much to talk about here, so let's get right into this, Hallie, and welcome. Thank you, Summer. Oh my gosh, that was such a fun intro. I'm blushing. I know nobody can see that over the audio waves, but thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It is a pleasure to have you. So let's talk a bit about your journey. Let's talk about how you grew up, where you grew up, going to UCLA, your personal journey. Let's get into that. Okay. Where do you want to start? You start where you want to start. Okay. Well, what I'd like to say is that a lot of my journey seems very kind of run of the mill. And I like to describe that I grew up in this mindset of living a checkbox lifestyle, meaning that I felt as though there were certain metrics that I had to hit, certain parts of my life that I was just expected to go along and do, and that I was kind of operating on autopilot. So all that to say, nothing was bad about it, but I didn't, I didn't allow myself, I guess I could say, to have the freedom to really think about who am I, what do I want, and what is my purpose? And I will jump forward to say that those three questions now are top of mind every single day. And when I meditate, I ask myself those questions every single day. And I teach my clients to ask themselves those questions because I feel like that's not asked often enough. And if I, had, if I could rewind and go through the life again with those questions top of mind, it's possible my path might've turned out differently. So it's, it's just kind of an interesting exercise to think about. Although I do believe that we have to walk the path that we've been on to get to where we are today. So there's always the balance right there. Absolutely. However, I do want you to touch on, because although you might think it is like just a, a traditional kind of upbringing, I do want you to touch on kind of where you grew up, what it was like growing up. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about your experiences. So where you grew up, where you went to college, why you majored in communications, and a little bit about your personal journey. Yeah. So my, um, I grew up in Agora Hills, which is just outside of Los Angeles with my parents and my brother. And throughout, you know, throughout, um, throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, the biggest thing that I was into, I wasn't a sports person. I wasn't a cheerleader. I didn't have, you know, a huge amount of hobbies or passions that I was pursuing. But the thing that I was most drawn to was always my relationships with my friends and being a leader. So any opportunity I had to, whether it be on student council or whether it be leading uh, my youth group, whatever opportunities I could get myself in front of a group and lead, I would take those opportunities. And that's something that has stuck with me throughout my entire life. In fact, uh, I might've shared this story with you already, Summer, but my mom loves to story that born Sinai in Los Angeles. So I grew up right in West LA and then, you know, the Caneo Valley. And um, 
right when I was born, I was, you know, the baby that would be in the nursery crying. And then all the other babies would start crying and then I would stop crying. And then all the other babies would stop crying. So I guess I've, I've just always been a leader. So that's something that's always been important to me. I actually started my college career going to UC Santa Barbara and I went there for two years and then made the decision after my junior year or after my sophomore year to transfer. And that was kind of an interesting segue, perhaps one of the times when I first realized I had more choices in my life. So when I was graduating high school, I had a dream to go to UC San Diego and I unfortunately didn't get in. And I remember being devastated, just absolutely crushed. I felt like, how can this be? I had worked very hard in high school. I had good grades. I had done the extracurriculars. How could I have not gotten into the school that I really wanted to go to? So when it came down to making a decision, I chose UC Santa Barbara and I felt that that was kind of a second choice for myself. I didn't feel good about it, but I decided, you know what, this is what it is. And I'm just going to go with it. I had friends going there. It wasn't too far from where I grew up. I could be close to my family still. So there were benefits. I went to school there. Lots of good came of it. In fact, I met my husband there. So if I hadn't got again, walking your path, right. If I hadn't gone to UCSB, I wouldn't have met my husband, but you know, freshman year was fine. Sophomore year. I started to have some real issues with my um, girlfriends that I was roommates who had been my best friends in high school. And there was a shift that happened. We ended up becoming very distant, having a lot of drama. And I started really questioning, why am I here? Why am I at this school? What am I doing with my life? And I thought I need to get out. I need to try something new. I need to pave a new path for myself. And so I decided that going to a larger university with more options, more opportunities for sporting events and clubs and sororities and all these different things. Like I wanted those opportunities that I didn't feel they existed where I was at Santa Barbara. So I um, decided to transfer and I applied to three schools, the University of Michigan, Ohio State University and UCLA. And of course, those are all very large universities. They all had very big sports teams, big college culture, I finally got to do this like college tour. My mom and I went on, you know, we went to Michigan, we went to Ohio. We looked when it came down to it, I got into all three schools and I really wanted to go to Michigan. So I thought, but financially it didn't make sense. And it was ranked the same as you and my parents said, look, if you go to Michigan, you're going to be strapped with all these student loans for the rest of your life. Do you want that? If you support you, but just be aware. And if you don't go to UCLA and have a little more freedom. You don't have to work as, you know, you don't have to work as addition to school and that'd be a good choice for you. That's what I chose. And I really loved it. I really loved going to UCLA. I did work while I was in school. I've, I've worked since I was 15, but um, I got to experience, you know, all those like big college things that I wanted to experience. And I'm really grateful. I did have the opportunity at UC Santa Barbara as well. So I feel like my four years of college, they were very different and the first two versus the second two, but it was all exactly how it was meant to be. So that was my college time. And then, you know, after college, I went into this back into that checkbox where you got to get a job right full time, got to start climbing that corporate and that's what I started working at ADP, the payroll company, about two weeks right after college graduation. So I was working in uh, mid Wilshire, LA area, and I was ready to go. I was ready to, you know, begin my corporate career and, and make my way to that corner office because that's what I thought, you know, was my big dream because that's what I thought everybody's big dream was. You go to the corner office, you get married, you have babies, you have the white picket fence, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that, but then, but then, you know, obviously some shifts have happened since then. Yeah, 
absolutely. Thank you so much for explaining that. Thank you so much for kind of taking us on this, this personal journey. So during your second year at Santa Barbara, after your second year and thinking, oh, I want to do a shift. Mm-hmm. There were some personal issues. There are, you know, some goals that you wanted to achieve. And it's a funny thing because I also had those things happening to me when I went to undergrad at UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So I had a really, really, really great friend and she didn't apply to UC Berkeley, but she was my best friend. We had been friends for years from elementary school on up and same thing kind of happened. She'd come and visit me and then ended up, I was in my sorority and befriended my sorority friends, kind of split the house. And I'm like, what's going on here? She doesn't even go to school here. So there were some big changes for me that I had to work through both as a, as a student, personally, as a leader. So, you know, because at the time I was also sorority president. So I was like, how am I going to handle this in a professional way where it's my personal life kind of imposing on a professional spectrum of my life. So how do I juggle this? And we were young, right? Right. So we were young people having to do and figure out things that would help us in the future. How do we deal with personal relationships? How do we deal with change? How do we deal with not getting accepted to the school of our choice necessarily? Those are big things. And we have to lift ourselves up and get back up and say, okay, we have a chance here. We have a chance to do things a little differently. So I like your journey. Thank you so much for telling me about that. Now, can you talk a bit about your business and the inspiration for the development of Sassy Healthy Fit? Yeah. So I was in sales and marketing in a corporate environment for a long time my next kind of major shift was when I got pregnant with my first son, who's now 12 and a half. And when he was born, I decided I can't be working in corporate. I can't be on the road all the time in sales. That just doesn't fit with my style. And I thought that I wanted to be a stay at home mom, which of course was a massive shift, a massive mindset shift from where I had been before in that early twenties of, Oh, I was in the corner office. And I started on that path. My husband has a business. And so he said, well, why don't you help me out a few hours a week? And my mom will watch the baby and it'll be great. So we can you know, live on my income. You can help support that a little. And then you can also be stay at home mom. So I thought that that was a really great idea and compromise. The thing is, I didn't really love being a stay at home mom. But I love my kids and I've ha- I have three kids now. And um, over the 10 years or so that it was, you know, getting pregnant, having babies, nursing babies, raising them from, you know, baby, baby to a little bit older and school aged child. I realized that while I love my children more than anything, and I love supporting and nurturing my family. And I was truly happy to help my husband in his business. But what I, what I neglected over that time was me. What I neglected were my needs. So that girl in her twenties who wanted to be in the corner office, even if that dream wasn't necessarily authentic to what I actually desired in life, I was still doing my dreams. And when I made this shift post having base, it was like all my dreams and my thoughts, what I desired went out the window. And that became very, very hard on me and caused a lot of self, you know, doubt and self-neglect which led to self-sabotage and engaging in activities that were toxic and just not support the life we live, but I didn't see a way out. And because I didn't see a way out, I thought, well, I'm just going to destroy because, you know, that's what rational people do. So, <laughs> right. When you can't fix it because you're too afraid, look yourself in the eye and look in the mirror at what the real are. You just go make things worse. 
So that's, that's where I lived for a little bit. And, you know, I'm really lucky summer because I was able to get myself out of that place. I hit a low for myself and I was able to rise up. And this is when my true empowerment came in is when I was able to rise up at age 38 and say, I am done living in a victim mindset. I am done not putting myself first. And I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure out how to dig myself out of this hole and I'm going to make my life better. And I really didn't know what that looked like. So it took a lot of work, a lot of therapy, coaching, a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, a lot of self-development. And in doing so, as I was getting myself healthy, and when I say healthy, mostly in my mind, my body was getting healthier too, but mostly in my mind, as I was doing that, I was changing. I was blossoming. I was growing. And my friends were asking, what are you doing? What's going on? What's happening with you? And I realized as I would share my story with them that there's all these women, what I call in-demand women, women that are in demand, their time is split between a lot of commitments, family commitments, professional commitments, et cetera. And they forget to take care of themselves. They forget their commitment to them. And yet they want to be committed to themselves. They want to practice self-care and self-love and self-acceptance. They just don't necessarily have the tools to do so. And back to my leadership, I thought this is my passion. This is my true purpose is to lead in-demand women to greatness by pursuing the excellence of themselves. And that's how my business came to be. I love that so much. And the reason being is I hear that all the time from women. As a matter of fact, I had a conversation yesterday about we forget ourselves. Mm -hmm. We tend to forget ourselves between uh, life, family, spouse, children. And we have these dreams. We have these dreams of having that corner office, going up that ladder. And that might have been our dream back then. That might have been the dream, but we tend to lose ourselves. And so for many women, they forget what their dream was. And then when they realize, aha, I still have that dream. Then we go back and go, how can we, how can we now kind of reframe that? And what do I really want to do? And so we go back into this place of, you know, introspection and this place of how can I now go and achieve that dream where I think I once forgot myself. It may not look the Mm -hmm. same and it can be a little different, but how do I go and kind of reframe that and regain that passion? So that momentum. And we all have skills, right? What I call transferable skills. Mm -hmm. So we bring all these beautiful skills up through the years with us. We just need to know how to apply them, right? So love what you're doing in regards to really empowering people. And what I love about your story, and I don't think you touched on, I read in your bio about how you were in a Ah, yes. You want me to tell that story? Well, as I said, before I rose from my own ashes, so to speak, uh, you know, as I said, I was, I was spending a lot of years being self-destructive and for me being self-destructive meant a lot of drinking, a lot of physical body neglect, uh, a lot of overeating, binge eating, and then dieting a lot of it. And I was a mess. I mean, my, my body was not at its optimal place. I wasn't sleeping well. My hormones were out of whack. I was definitely in some form of adrenal, adrenal fatigue. And, uh, 
you know, the doctors wanted to put me on some form of low dose Prozac to deal with my, my hormonal issues and whatever. And I was like, not having any of it, but I was like, I was like pissed. It was like, my clothes didn't fit me. I felt really uncomfortable in my skin. I just did not love myself at all. But I knew that I had like gotten myself into this predicament again. So it was the night before we were supposed to go out to dinner for my mom's birthday and I needed a new dress. Like I said, my clothes didn't fit. So I was like, what am I going to wear to my mom's birthday dinner? So I go to this little boutique that's in, she's not there anymore, but it was close to where I live and nobody's in the boutique, but the store owner and myself. And I pick out all these things to wear that I have this vision of my body one way. And it looks in reality another way. So I'm standing in this dressing room with all of these clothes, none of which fit none of them. I tried on outfit after outfit, pants, dresses, skirts, tops, nothing fit. I felt like a complete failure. I was standing there in the dressing room, you know, practically naked and looking at myself in the mirror. And this is probably the part you're laughing at, but that lighting in any dressing room, I don't care how beautiful you are. That lighting is horrid. and makes anybody doubt their own self-worth and self-beauty. So I already had a big dose of self-doubt and self, you know, lacking confidence. And then those lights were just horrific. So I'm standing there just going to pieces, hating myself, looking in that mirror, loathing who I have become. And I left there throwing the most epic temper tantrum that lasted about 24 hours at least. And I just was on a tear. What am I doing to myself? I hate myself. I can't stand this. I have to make changes. But that's where that, that was the catalyst for me finally realizing I have to do something about this. So even though that dressing room experience was traumatic, I'm grateful for that horrific lighting because honestly, it was the first time that I really saw myself for where I was in that moment and realized that I needed to make a change. Gotcha. Wow. And that is an impactful story. Thank you for sharing that story. I read that in your bio and I thought, this is something she has to talk about. You're so welcome. This is definitely. So thank you so much. So I also want you to touch on your podcast, the Sassy AF Audio Experience, yeah. because I love it and the mission for this podcast. Well, I want to also give you a shout out because you were recently a guest on the podcast. So I'm so grateful for you for being here. So I've so when I started my business, I didn't really know exactly what it was that I was doing. I mean, maybe this is like the plight of entrepreneurs that we just, especially creative entrepreneurs like ourselves, Summer, we just kind of go and right. do and hope that, you know, we're making impact in some way, shape or form. And once yeah. I started, I started really embracing doing videos. And many people said to me, they said, Hallie, you know, you have a beautiful voice. You really should have a podcast. I thought, well, wow, that's a huge compliment. I was like kind of blown away by it, truthfully. But I loved podcasts. I was listening to them all the time. And I thought this would be so cool if I could do one myself. And I actually started on a whim doing a live Facebook show called Sassy AF TV. Well, I named it that later. And so that's actually how my podcast began is that I I started doing these live Facebook interviews and that was so much fun that I decided, you know, I want to take this a little bit further. I want to have an audio version available as well. I want to put it on YouTube and I want to give people more accessibility because I'm having these amazing women come on to share their stories, their genius, and how they can help in demand women really rise to be the best version of themselves. So that's the intention podcast, the Sassy AF Audio Experience. And I've grown it uh, over the last year that I've been doing it to also include um, these solo episodes that I just started doing called Sassy Shorts, 
which are really fun. And these are five minute episodes. I actually have three coming out this week. So these are quick five minute episodes that have something to do with mindset, some lesson that I want to teach women. And the intention is that, look, we are in demand. We really don't have always 30 minutes, 45 minutes to listen to a podcast. But if I can give you some sassiness in five minutes, that'll inspire you and motivate you and get you feeling like I am ready to take on the world, then I've done my job. Right. Well, I also like to give you a a big applause for your one minute videos Mm. that you have on LinkedIn. I absolutely love those inspirational videos. I try and listen to them every day and they're just a nugget of wisdom or insight that I can take away and walk away with for the day and think about. So thank you for that. I love doing those. And that was kind of an inspired thing as well. I just kind of started doing it. I thought, you know, how can I drop some more motivation? And they're called the morning motivation minute. And I post them all over social and, um, they are a lot of fun. And I feel like sometimes we just need that quick little, that little boost. Absolutely. And you give it, and you're absolutely right. You have a beautiful voice and you should be doing radio podcasts and such. So thank you for doing it because your voice and what you say resonates with folks. So thank you. Um, What is one thing that you do to nurture yourself to find a bit of balance between work, family, and other daily routines? So I know you've mentioned that a little bit and you touched on that, but can you tell me what you do now to just to find some time for yourself? My favorite, favorite thing, and I feel like I can't talk about this enough, so I'm glad you asked, is my morning routine. And I Mm -hmm. swear by it. I tell everybody that will listen about my morning routine in hopes that it will inspire them to have a morning routine. Here's my, my two cents on a morning routine. You have to make it your own. So what works for me may or may not work for you. And that's totally fine. But I believe that the morning is the only time that we have that is ours. The first thing in the morning, if that's five minutes, if it's two hours, it doesn't matter. That's, that's each person's choice, but that is your time before you have to face the day, before you have to face your family, your partner, your emails, your text messages, we are all confronted with too much information and almost too much contact sometimes. But you have to carve out time for yourself. If you don't, then then you're always at the service of others. And I am a serv, you know, I believe in servant leadership and I do provide service. But but if I don't fill my own cup first, then I'm not going to be able to show up for anyone else. And I firmly believe that like, I will shout that from the rooftops to anyone who will listen. So my morning routine is about two hours and I wake up at five in the morning and that doesn't work for everybody, but it works for me. So I wake up and meditate. And while I meditate, my husband brings me a cup of coffee, which I absolutely love. And I just do 10 minute meditation. And then I uh, read a book, whether it's nonfiction, personal development, business. Right now I'm reading a beautiful book about um, disordered eating and how it's influential um, for women. Um, Then after that, I usually journal and I write down my affirmations. I write down my gratitude. I write down whatever thoughts are in my head. Sometimes I have something just need to get out on paper. Sometimes I have questions. Sometimes I just ramble. It's really whatever is just on my heart and on my mind for that day. After I've done all that, then I do a quick email scan just to make sure there's nothing urgent that needs to be. And then I usually go work out. So that's about another 30 to 45. I move my body. And then I'm ready to face the kids, face the day by about six, you know, by that point, it's about 645 in the morning. And 
I feel great because now I've put myself first. Anything else that happens the day for me is icing on the cake. Well, that is awesome. You've named so many things that people can do. Journaling, meditation, getting up, finding time for yourself, working out, reading a book, uh, listening to a podcast, taking time for yourself to really nurture yourself. So many things were mentioned here that it's just great substance to take away and say, what are some things in this list, on this list that I can do for myself? So I'm not a morning person. I have to tell you this. I am, but I find that same solace that same balance at night. Okay, cool. So that is my, that is my night routine is people are asleep. It may be midnight, but people are asleep. I'm ready to begin to work on myself, to work on some things without any exterior noise. Yeah. For me, it's the world to sleep at that time. And I'm like, yes. Well, I want to, I want to that summer because first of all, I love that you've created a sacred space and you're listening to your body. And yeah. here's the thing. We all have a different circadian rhythm, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. All of us. And I, yeah. I, you, I don't know if you follow Dave Asprey at all, proof guy, yeah. but he wrote a book called game changers, which is a fantastic book. I definitely recommend it. And he talked about in one of the chapters that he made these different um, analogies to animals. And I can't remember what they were, but there was like a wolf and a dolphin. And then even he talks about, we all have our different circadian rhythm. So I am definitely a morning person. I always have been. That's just when I have my most energy by, you know, three o'clock, it starts to wane by seven o'clock. I'm pretty in the water by nine o'clock at night. If I'm still working at nine o'clock at night, oh, something's wrong, but that's just when my brain is at its optimal place. So we have to listen to our bodies and nurture our in the way that we are. So you could absolutely take these same routines and do them at night. The one thing that I would add though, is for somebody like yourself, Summer, that has a nighttime, a sacred nighttime routine where you do all that work, which is awesome. When you wake up in the morning, before you take your phone, before you just jump out of bed and go do, I would invite everybody to just take two to five minutes and laying in your bed and just say the things that you're grateful for, whether you say them yeah. out loud or to yourself, and also to just set your intention for the day. For the day. Today, my intention is to feel, fill in the blank, and then be on your way. So without having to have an elaborate morning routine, I think those two pieces are critical to living an intentional life and living with a positive mindset. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I wake up every morning just thankful for the moments. Yep. Um, and thankful for the new day. Yep. It's a new beginning. And so, so I think it's something very internal in me. And so it's just been something that's been part of my routine my entire life. And I have been a night person my entire life. So yep. I absolutely believe in that whole circadian. Oh, yeah, it's huge. And listening to your body. And part of that is I've always been a night person there are morning persons and I look at them and I'm going oh my gosh what good for you it's just not me if so you know I've worked at many jobs where I've gotten up and I've had to do shift change at 6 30 in the morning or 7 30 in the morning at hospitals because of being a Mm -hmm. clinical being in the clinical field in psychology and I've done it for years and years and years and I thought this is just not my routine and so that's what's so beautiful about creating your own journey, creating your, your life and what you want it to look like, because you can set your time schedule. You can set your platform. You can set as you have done here. And so I have two more questions for you. Yeah. Holly. 
So my last two questions, what is one thing that if you were to look back, take a glance back on your life, what would be that one thing you might tell your younger self? That is a really excellent question. If I could only tell my younger self one thing, it would be, this is a mantra that I've been saying to myself recently, and this is what I would tell her. Allow, release, surrender. And what I mean by that is allow life to happen. Release the expectations on yourself. Surrender to the journey and to how life happens because we can't control everything. So when you can allow peace and surrender, I believe that you operate your life in flow and everything you desire will come your way because you're truly listening to your heart and your intuition. Love it. Thank you. Now, my last question, and it kind of, it might have to do with something similar. As we come to the end of this interview, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Words of wisdom. Let's see. I could say so many summer. I would say, (laughs) trust yourself, trust the process and always have fun because if you're not having fun, then you're missing the whole point of life. Awesome. Well, thank you, Hallie, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Summer. It's been such a pleasure. And I absolutely love any time we get to spend there is beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with Hallie Avolio, check her out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Sassy Healthy Fit and at sassyhealthy.fit. And you can find her podcast, the Sassy AF Audio Experience on your favorite podcast directory. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 